What's up? It's Delaney, and I'd love to invite you to become an honorary co-host of the Self-Helpless Podcast. Do you want to pick episode topics and guests? Done. Want to surprise your loved ones with shout-outs on the show for a birthday, project launch, a much-needed divorce? Whatever you're up to, would love to be a part of the celebration. Get your favorite and least favorite quotes featured on the podcast, submit questions for our special guests, and find lots more new features and surprises at patreon.com slash selfhelpless. You'll also get added to our patron insider email list to easily redeem rewards via a quick email reply because we know hanging out on Patreon isn't everyone's thing. You can also opt out of emails if you prefer to be a silent supporter of the show. And don't worry, we do not Scrooge McDuck these contributions. 100% of proceeds go directly to operating expenses that make this weekly podcast possible and available to all. Learn more at patreon.com selfhelpless or simply click the link in this episode's description. Thank you for helping me fill the void of being the last standing host of the Self Helpless Podcast. Thank you so much. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Self Helpless. I'm Kelsey Cook. I'm Delaney Fisher. And I'm Taylor Tomlinson. And today we're kind of doing an old school episode where we used to just get fired up about something, the three of us, after watching a documentary or reading a book. And we're just going to, we're going to talk about it. We all watched the documentary on Netflix called The Social Dilemma. And boy, we oh had a lot of thoughts. Gosh. On and shout out to one of our helpsters, Brandon, who actually messaged me on Instagram saying, you guys have to watch this and you'll probably want to do an episode on it. And then I watched it. I was like, you guys, have you seen this? You have <laughs> yeah. to watch it. And they were like, we, we should do an episode. So anything about social media, you know, I'm super <laughs> interested in. Um, yeah. But yeah, it was fascinating. It's still it uh, trending in, uh, on Netflix in the top 10. I think it's oh, been in the wow. top 10 for a while. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, everyone's uh, talking about it. Goodness. Uh, should we kick it off with a quote? Yeah, go for it. All right. This one uh, was submitted by one of our wonderful helpsters, Melanie, on Patreon. So if you want to submit quotables to us, you can go to patreon.com slash self-helpless. And the quote is from Deepak Chopra. Did I say that right? <laughs> I, I think like it's that. Deepak Chopra. Chopra. Oh, my God. Deepak Chopra. I knew that, but it's, you know, it's the morning. Um, and this is why it's called self-helpless. Hey, we're trying okay. our best. I knew it was wrong. Uh, the worst thing you can say about another contains some truth about yourself. Ooh. Ooh yes. That's really good. So good. That is it's really like, good. It's like, we've heard that, hey, if, you, if something bugs you about somebody else, it's usually something that you do. Right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. What is that? Why can't? Is that? Doesn't that seem weird? Yeah. We or if you that? have an insecurity, if you have an insecurity, sometimes like in relationships, it's you projecting because you feel that way, and you go, "What if they feel the way I feel?" Right. Isn't it weird to think though that like if you know that you do something, that you'd be more understanding that somebody else does it? Well, or maybe you like not, that. Maybe it's subconscious. You're just not aware that you even do it. Oh, yeah. or that that's why it's bugging you. 
Yeah. I think you have to be very, very in touch with yourself to be able to see that. Cause I think inherent just being, if, if you're feeling bitter about something or spiteful, you're not usually tapped into why you're feeling that way, right? Like you're using a different part of your brain when you're like, ah, that fucker, you know? Right, you're not in your zen moment. You're in like reactive brain mode. Right, lizard brain, yeah, yeah. Yes. Right. yeah. No, it's not a meditation. <laughs> Trying to fuck yeah. it up. Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, well, Tay, do you want to talk about just like the background of this documentary? Yes. So if you guys haven't seen it, first off, what are you doing? It's in the top 10. <laughs> it's right there. Netflix has right made there. it so easy for you. Yeah. Uh, it's a documentary drama hybrid. So it's mostly a documentary, but there are parts that are sort of like dramatizations of what they're talking about. I'll be honest, didn't love that. Didn't love the personification of, <laughs> of algorithms. <laughs> of the algorithms. Oh, no, I liked that part. I thought that was fun. I oh, you like that, okay. The yeah, acting, yeah. you mean? I didn't like the acting. I didn't like the, like, family at the dinner table, like, right. after school special aspect of it. I didn't like right. seeing these actors I'd seen in something. <laughs> so I can't of, pinpoint their name. I'm like, what? who is that kid? It's just going to bug me now, and I can't focus. And, like, now I'm Googling it, and now I'm looking if they have an Instagram, and now I'm doing the thing the documentary is telling me not to do. Oh, so yeah. I just didn't. I didn't love that part. But uh, it, the, the documentary dives into the negative human impact of social media and networking. So they have tech experts providing testimonials on their own creations. So it's being marked as a modern age horror film documentary. And it holds many hidden and unspoken truths about the modern digital world. Uh, yeah, I, I would say it's, it's definitely a modern horror documentary. I mean... They really uh, build it up in the beginning with all these people who used to work for Google and Facebook and, and they're kind of like implying like, well, we've been talking to lawyers for years and I had to make sure I could say something. And you're like, I mean, they could have just blurred your face, man. Like, this is like <laughs> Although Google probably has an app that unblurs your face. So, God, right. <laughs> probably. It's almost like somebody created Frankenstein and they're like, oh shit. We, just how just do we say that? How do we get this, this monster out of here? Yeah, in the words of Slim Shady, I created a monster. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that is the vibe that they all had where they're like, oh God, we, we had really great intentions when we set yeah. up XYZ and no one predicted that it was going to turn everybody's brains into oatmeal. And right. Probably did. And it's, yeah, I'm true. sure it's so like, you can see how conflicted some people were because social media has done so many great things. It's connected people. It's raised money for things. It's done all this stuff, but there's this really dark side to it as well. Yeah. And Tay, will you share what you said? Cause we were kind of all group texting as we were watching it. <laughs> what did you say that was so funny when you were like, you're like, I'm watching the social media documentary as I'm on Oh, was fully on like Twitter and Instagram, <laughs> like, which is how I watch things now. Yeah. If, you know, they're not super engrossing. I mean, even if something's new and engrossing, I'm almost like annoyed when I have to watch something with my full attention by yeah. myself. When there's someone else there, it's easier because you're like, wisdom. but like, 
I have a really hard time just not checking my phone at all. I mean, usually at some point you have to pee and then you check your phone and it's fine. Mm -hmm. That's why I miss going to the movie theater because it forces you to sit in the dark and stare at the screen. But yeah, I mean, I was like texting you guys during it going like, this is scary. And like (laughs) through Instagram and you know, (laughs) they said things in this documentary that I was like, Oh shit. Like when they talked about, um, the just the addictive nature of like the actual like scrolling with your finger and how that like you know gives you like a hit every time you get a new post i spent like the next day on instagram for like hours like i was on and off of it throughout my day yep too like too much fully knowing and i was like oh they're right this does feel good like crazy wow. I mean, that's why tiktok's so addictive because you're just yes. right it's, really like, it's well, not good yeah, it's interesting how they purposely make it like a slot machine. Like that's mm-hmm. that's all engineered on purpose. And I thought it was very telling that all these people who work for these companies don't let their children on social media. That was a big theme. Like, nope, my kids are not allowed on there. We do not allow screen time. Or it's very, very restricted. And yeah. I, uh, that says a lot. It's like somebody, you know, it's like somebody who works at a restaurant and doesn't eat the food. You know what I mean? It's like, well, yeah. right. Like we don't have McDonald's, just so right? Right. Oh my gosh! Um, So according to the Pew Research Center, sixty-nine percent of adults and eighty-one percent of teens in the U.S. use social media, and it puts puts a large amount of the population at an increased risk of feeling anxious, depressed, or ill over their social media use. So I think that was why some, that some of those act outs that you weren't a fan of Taylor was kind of, was kind of beneficial because you saw that like the teenage daughter kind of react to different people's posts and you could see her, you know, just her self-esteem kind of, you know, deflate over yeah, the episode. Do we need- conveyed differently. <laughs> right, do we need that? Like we've all been bullied, you know? Like we get it. We don't need to see like the fade of like all the comments swirling around her head. Like we, we get it. (laughs) I love that part. I I don't know if this is the exact same part we're talking about, but when she's just looking in the mirror at herself, that teenage girl, I tear, I'm like feeling emotional. I've been thinking about it. Yeah. I teared up watching that because I just, um, I feel like we've all felt like we're not enough on social media and just watching like imagining being that young because they said that if you're born after 96 so that's the first generation of middle schoolers who grew who are in middle school with social media yeah they wiping her brow like just god um but god in therapy we talk about it as compare and despair Mm. and that i always think of that with social media where it's just so much compare and despair and Oh, my heart broke watching that act out of that young girl just looking at herself in the mirror, scrutinizing herself. And just you could see her yeah. feeling like, why couldn't why can't I be prettier? Absolutely. Absolutely. And the the uh, scene where I, <laughs> I know Taylor was not a fan of these. They could have just cut those out and had your commentary in there. Look, we've all been bullied. OK. <laughs> yeah. So, but um, I thought it was so fascinating how the algorithms can literally see who you've been looking at the most and who got your mo- who got your attention so when you start using the app less they can start showing you notifications from those people to to reel you back in so that scene where he's like 
the it's like oh your ex-girlfriend is in a new relationship to get him back into using his app i'm like holy shit that is wild yeah, yeah that's wild i knew that they were monitoring things right i feel like most yes. of us are aware of that I didn't understand the degree to which they were, where they are calculating how long you spend looking on each post. Yes. That freaked me the fuck out. I was like, wow, that is so deep down the rabbit hole of nothing is, nothing is a coincidence of what you're seeing on social media. Everything is very carefully put through an algorithm to go in front of your eyeballs. Right. They're selling they're basically they they talked about how the product that we're selling is your behavior for impressions for products like that's crazy welding instructor alex declare knows firsthand how vr training platforms like forge fx can help meet the demand for skilled workers anywhere you go look there's going to be a shortage of welders VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Oh, that was such a good quote. I forget who it was, who said it, but the quote that they had uh, on screen where they said there are only two yes. businesses that refer to their like clientele as users okay. and oh. it's social media and uh like software drug dealers. Yeah, yeah software, software companies, companies drug dealers. yeah oh, yeah goosebumps Ew. i wrote that one down because i was like we got to talk about that quote that was just like oh my god we are totally we're, we're users so crazy. And I mean, we've all talked about how if we take a break from social media, we usually feel a lot better. <laughs> we feel less stressed, you know, less, you know, Taylor, I think you mentioned recently that you just feel, um, well, I know that I feel, I feel like I'm doing things at my own pace and I, I don't have to rush. I feel like this sense of urgency when I'm on social media and I see people doing a bunch of things, especially if you follow people who are maybe in a similar field as you. Uh, and when I shut that out, I feel like, oh, I, there's no competition or comparison here. I'm, I, it's, it's my own timeline. Right. Yeah. But, well, I think you, you feel better, but also what we're going to talk a little bit more about now is that you can feel worse. I think when you're off social media in certain ways because of FOMO, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I yeah. think that it's so it's so tough to even talk about because I don't want to like I don't want to sound like we're only talking about people in entertainment because I know people who aren't in entertainment like I have friends who aren't on social media or they have one that's just blank that they use to like check on their friends and they just like don't even think about posting which is such a foreign concept to me but when you work in entertainment you have to post on social media unless you're like very famous already but it's kind of, it's a big part of our job, but I've, I've realized that what I need to do going forward is just reframe it and go like, okay, if you're on there posting or responding to comments or messages, that's productive, that's work. But how long does that actually take? Not that long. True. So every other time that I'm on social media, just like scrolling, refreshing, checking things out, like, 
I never come away from that time feeling like I've accomplished anything or even like gained anything. I don't even feel fulfilled. Like the only time that I really feel like, oh, this is good. This is worth it. I'm glad I have it is like, if I have time to kill, I'm really tired, like in an airport or something. And I'm like too tired to be productive, but I just want to like relax or wind down. But the problem with that is, you know, the time that I most want to wind down and relax and not think about anything. And when I go to like, you know, TikTok or something or Instagram to just look at things, it's like when I'm trying to go to bed. So then you're up for another hour because you're staring at the screen. And it's like, I mean, it's like, it really is. It's like sugar where you're like, oh, when I don't do this thing, I feel better, but it's so addictive and it feels so good in the moment that I just keep doing it, even though I know this isn't going to make me feel good. Yeah. Well, and we, we forget too, that so many of these apps started at sort of a foundational level. Like think about Instagram and at first it was just posts and that was it. And then they introduced stories and then Instagram TV and now reels. So it's not, it would be so much easier if it was just back to the basics of all you can do is post or look at other people's posts. But now as people who are trying to, having to use social media for our work, we feel an extra pressure to add to our stories and then respond to messages from the stories or go see who's watching it. And it's constant. I mean, it's just so much. Yeah. Um, I know because I've done a lot of research because, you know, I within the last few months, I deleted my Facebook and my Twitter account and I just have Instagram now. And before that, I did a lot of research because I'm, you know, as a business owner, social media is a great tool for my business as well. And I just kind of saw that what like Instagram was a hunt, like way more beneficial and effective than Facebook and Twitter. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to get rid of these two and I'm just going to maximize the one that's really working and go from there. And um, then I was able to introduce, okay, I'm going to do an email list and blog too, because I'm excited about those. And um, I feel much better about connecting people, uh, connecting with people on there because there's no algorithms getting in the way and stuff like that. And um, I did a lot of research on people who left social media because I'm like, I need all my research before I make a move like that, that people's <laughs> businesses can still you know, succeed and everything. And a lot of people say you go through some pretty gnarly withdrawals the first couple of weeks, and then you get over that hump and then you feel like your life is, has completely changed. Your business skyrockets, you grow all of these things. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I, you know, my plan for now is I, my plan is to leave Instagram as well over the course of the next year as I build up some other things. And the only way I'll keep it is if somebody else is running it and we are using it very intentionally for business, but I will not be on there. Um, I, I do love connecting with people, but I, I know that if I build up my other platforms, I will be able to connect with them, you know, in the same way over there in a way that makes me feel better and less stressed. And so um, I just thought it was interesting kind of doing that, those, that research, like, yeah, there is withdrawals, like you are getting off of a drug, like just expect yeah. that. <laughs> so. Have you felt that? Have I? No, because I still have Instagram and I wasn't really using Facebook or Twitter. So I don't, I don't feel like I'm fully off. I'm very restrictive. Like I, I go on there, I post and I respond to comments and messages and then I'm out. I don't do really any scrolling and which the algorithm fucking hates me for. You can tell because I don't look at people's stuff. And so they, my shit does not get seen very much. Oh, um, God. 
And I also got, because I got banned <laughs> for like six, Remember my shit got taken off for six weeks because my bio had said, said I sell unsolicited dick pics for a living when I was, you know, running dicks by Delaney. So I feel like my shit is already kind of in a weird spot, um, yeah. which is fine. But I will only really look at my client's stuff to see what they're up to and congratulate them on stuff. And I've pretty much uh, muted or I've, I've muted most people and I just see close family and friends and my clients because those are the people that I do want to, you know, connect with for the, you know, when I'm on there. But um, I don't know. It's a, it's hard. It's hard. It's a hard thing to balance for sure. Yeah. Hey, I was going to ask you, you know, in the last year, your social media numbers have skyrocketed from the special coming out. Has your relationship with social media changed since you've gotten more followers? Do you feel um, like more addicted at all to social media because now there's that many more people, there's that many more likes and notifications or do you, how, how has it impacted you? Um, I think it's more pressure and I think you get, I think it, cause it's really only been like the last six months that it's been going up so steadily. And I think once that happened, when it started to taper off more or like weeks that I don't get as many followers per day, I start to feel really anxious and I go like, Oh, I'm not, I'm not building anymore. I'm, I'm stagnant and I got to figure something out. I got to post a video or something. And that's not good. But you know what? I've realized like, oh, if you don't post for a while, nobody's going to care. Yes, you might not grow during that time, uh, but nobody's going to go, you haven't posted in a week? We're gone. You know, like that's not going to happen. And there's so many people on social media just like, I was this person, I was posting like every day for a while. And at a certain point I was like, this is just another job for me every day. This is like a chore now. And so now I try to just post when I want to. And sometimes that's three days in a row. And sometimes it's like once or twice a week. And it's been, it's been a lot better for me. But for a while I was like, oh, I got to be doing this every day. When I was working with a social media company, I mean, they send you a calendar every week of like, you post this, this day, you post that this day. How about you post this, this day? And it's, it just starts to feel like that's your job. And you're like, I don't like my job. I don't Mm. like this job. Yeah. What's good about your guys' stuff though, is that so much of it is, is very evergreen. Like you post your stand-up clips and they are out there and getting seen by a lot of people. And so even if you go off for a week or a few days, people are still able to find you and follow you. And like, you can still kind of grow that way. Yeah, that's true. So the social media company you work with, they are of the mindset that if you're trying to grow, you should be posting every day versus because sometimes Tay, you and I've talked about that when we start posting every day, that's when we can see us losing followers more as well, because it's just kind of like the odds that you're going to be putting something out that somebody's like, ah, I don't want to see this anymore, but they think it's best to still post every day. That's what they told me. I said that to them where I was like, I feel like sometimes I post every day and people get like annoyed like it's too much which I get I've been that way with people where I follow someone and I go like I mean I like them they just post too much and I just don't need to see them every single day 
And um, they were like, no, we've never seen that. Like if you post like three times in a day, that's excessive. But if you post once a day, it's not a big deal. And I'm sure it depends on who you are and what you do. But yeah, I just feel that way. I just feel like if I post every couple of days, even instead of every day, it's better. Yeah. You don't want to annoy people. Right. I um, let it breathe. I definitely have FOMO. And like, I think I'm, I'm, I want to peace out before my following gets bigger. That's the goal. Unless I find that uh it's going to be really effective for my business. And we test out a few things. Um, But I, I will have FOMO because for me, it legitimizes, I feel like it legitimizes my business a little bit. If somebody finds me and they see, oh, this is how many followers she has, or that she's connected to this podcast or she, whatever. For me, it feels like it gives me like an extra credit, which is so dumb, but I do have people find me on there. And so I'm kind of concerned about leaving for that reason, that there won't be like enough social proof that I'm good at what I do or something weird, which I don't like that. And so I think, um, you know, that's kind of a belief I'm going to have to get over. Uh, But I think if I build up some other stuff, I will feel a lot more confident. And, um, you know, as far as my clients and stuff, depending on what their goal is, which majority of them are, you know, service-based businesses, product-based businesses, um, I tell them, I like, they get very, they get very stressed out about social media when we first start working together. And I say, look, I want you spending is pretty much zero time on social media. Like that should be the least amount of time you are spending with your business operations. I want it to be the afterthought, the last thing you do. And that's that because depending on what your goal is as a business owner or whatever your project is, followers do not equal money. Followers do not equal sales. So you might have 5,000 followers and nobody's interested in what you have to offer, or you might have like 500 and you're getting business inquiries. It's all about being very intentional with what you're posting. So Mm -hmm. I think people need to know that more too, that just because somebody has a shit ton of followers doesn't mean that's going to convert into money. I think people see like influencers and they're like, oh my God, they're probably killing it and their business is blowing up. And that not, that might not necessarily be the case. And so I think anybody who feels shitty about their social media following should really remember that because a lot of people feel horrible thinking that they can't run a business if they don't have all of the platforms with tons of people and and stuff like that. Like I've, like I've said before on the show, I know somebody personally who has 1.5 million Instagram followers who can barely make rent. And I know somebody with 500 followers who pay, who charges $10,000 per client. What life do you want? That's up to you. It depends on your goal. It depends you on your goal. you just say $10,000 a client? Yeah. I yeah. want to know who For, that is one more. I'll tell you off the record. I really <laughs> That's personal to. info. Does that include like they go down on you? Like what, <laughs> how could you possibly <laughs> charge <laughs> 10 grand? High ticket. Yeah, is it OnlyFans? <laughs> High ticket consultant. Yeah. Wow. So that's the thing is like, you, what are your goals? Do you want, look, if you want to be an influencer, you want to get brand deals, you want to do all those things and it's fun for you. Great. Grow your followers, do all that. If you want to run a successful business, you just have to use it intentionally. If you're charging 10 grand a client, you need a few clients a year. (laughs) You don't need 5 million Instagram followers. So 
I like to tell people that up front because they get so discouraged about not growing on social media. I'm like, no, no, no. Forget social media right now. We need to focus on your business, your actual business. Do you have clients? Do you have customers? That shit does not matter. That is a facade. So don't worry about that stuff, you know? Um, yeah, that's just, oh, oh sorry, go ahead, Kels. No, go ahead, Kels. There's like 6% of people see your shit on Instagram. Six fucking percent, dude. I'm not letting my clients spend all their time on there when only 6% of people seeing their shit, okay? <laughs> Guess what? <laughs> Email list, that's like 35%. So if you talk to any entrepreneur, you're getting 80% of your sales from your email list anyway. And your blog, if you have a blog, that's evergreen content. Nobody can take that away from you. I mean, I was stripped of my Instagram account with 10,000 plus followers right before a launch that I was really excited about and I couldn't contact anybody. Mm. So that's the thing. They can take it away from you at any second. You've got to make sure you own, own your shit. Right. Sorry, I get real fired up about this. <laughs> I thought that was very informative. And it was informative. Yeah. We appreciate it, man. I, had a, question. Appreciate it. I had a question for you, Kelsey. Because I think you were doing this even before quarantine, but I noticed that in the last year you were like getting really intentional about like doing a lot of stories where you were like talking more to people and like checking in or just talking about funny things that were happening or the cats or whatever. And I (laughs) was the cats, (laughs) you know, well, you know, there are a lot of them. And I remember thinking like, Oh man, I remember I felt guilty for not doing more of that. Cause I was like, Oh, that's what you should be doing. Like, you should be doing stories so people check in with you every day because that's even better than posts. It's like more engaging and they feel like they know you. And like Whitney's another person who's just like always has a super long Instagram story and just kind of like could, it's always just part of her day. She just pulls mm-hmm. out her phone at some point and films it. And then like, it doesn't even upload them right then. I think she does it later, mm-hmm. but the stories thing, I mean, are you still doing that? Have you stopped doing that? uh like be as like really thinking about it or do you now just go like I'm only gonna do this when I have something to say because we also talked about the three of us I feel like at some point we all stopped kind of watching stories because we were like this is there's no end to this yeah I don't I don't watch a ton of stories um and I don't really, I don't go into my day thinking like, what am I going to put on stories today? I think it just became a muscle, which I'm like, oh, I hate that I've developed this part of my brain, but it just became something I was more aware of where it was like, oh, this would probably fit well to talk about in stories. Um, it's not always that I'm trying to put something on there for a laugh. Sometimes I genuinely like connecting with my followers um it's fun to do things like making a playlist with my followers I think at the beginning it was like doing a quarantine and it's fun to have people be like oh shit that's my favorite song too or uh with my dad and the him playing trumpet I really enjoy doing that where I'm like, what other songs with trumpet do you guys think would be fun for my dad to try and learn? And we compiled the longest list and um, that stuff actually does bring me joy, I guess. Uh, Yeah, I, but there are days where I don't post things on stories and then there are days by the end where I look at it and I'm like, wow, I ended up putting a lot on here today. I didn't even really realize I was doing it, but um, yeah, I don't know. I guess it's just become kind of out of habit now. 
Yeah. I love doing the Q and A's. I've only done a few of them, but that is something I would like to do more because that feels like I am interacting with people and I'm answering questions that they have. And that feels very intentional for me. And, um, but it's like, yeah, I might only be doing that for a certain reason that might be business related. I might be, I might be giving that free advice or whatever, but um, I will sign on for a very particular purpose. For example, I did a Q&A and I'm like, okay, I'm going to take a couple hours. I'm going to answer as many questions about this specific topic as I can. And then at the end, I'm going to talk about a workshop I'm doing. And it was filled in less than an hour because I just did it for a very specific purpose, told them about what, it, what was going on, and then you know booked, booked everything. So I think it's just about framing your relationship, like you guys said, with social media. What is the intention behind what you're, what's your big goal and reverse engineer your goal and use social media as that tool to help you get there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I used to do those Q and A's more often too. And I kind of forgot about them until we just talked about them and those are fun. But I think I got to a point with those two where I was like, am I doing this too much? But I know people who do them like three times a week. And I, I do like it when people do it that I like following because I'm like, oh, this is fun. I didn't know that about you. Right. Yeah. I think as long as you're using social media the way, in a way that you be the person that you'd want to follow. <laughs> yeah, that's a quote of all. It does feel good, especially during a dark time like the pandemic and quarantine, to use social media to bring happiness to other people. Like, and I talked about that with my dad doing the trumpet videos a couple episodes ago, but to get so many messages and comments of people being like, I was having such a shitty day and seeing this really like made me smile and laugh. Thank you. That, I love that. That makes me happy if we can make people happier for five seconds. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I was going to ask you another question Tate. with your social media growing so much. Have you felt that people treat you differently now? Or do you feel like people mm-hmm. try to um, like find ways to be on your Instagram or like maybe our listeners who don't know uh, or aren't in this entertainment industry know this term, but there's a thing called climbers where people refer to people that are just trying to like use people to get their following bigger as a climber. Um, have you experienced that more since your special came out? Um, yeah, a little bit. I mean, it's also, it's not anything that like upsets me really because I've, I get that when someone has a big following, you kind of go like, Oh, I hope they, we've done that with this podcast where we've had people on and we go like, well, they have a big following. I hope they, you know, repost that they were on the show. Totally. That would help. So I do, I do get it. Um, and again, most of most of this time that I've had a bigger following has been in quarantine. Right. So, you know, I, I haven't dealt with it that much. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that's, that's always there in this business. Um, I mean, I had, I had a, I did have one thing recently where somebody asked me to sort of like trash some, somebody on Twitter Mm -hmm. And that was hard for me because I, I had to 
just be very direct with them and say like, I don't really want to handle it that way, but if you'd like me to do this or that, I can do that. And they were really upset with me and accused me of um, not helping people who were less successful in this business. And we talked it out and it was fine and they apologized, but it was, it was really hard because sometimes when you don't do what people want on social media, which is just like get more eyes on whatever feeling they're having, um, they, uh, they, they like take it out on you and it's, and I've experienced this in, in other ways over the years where I've, you know, gotten opportunities and then people I was close to or thought I was close to got upset with me for not getting them the same opportunity when maybe I had tried or I couldn't or, you know, or they didn't know I had or, or they weren't right for something like it, whatever. It's just, it's very complicated, but yeah, social media, I think that probably happens in middle school. There's probably kids with 2000 followers that are very popular. Cause that's a lot for sixth grade. And maybe <laughs> yeah. their friends are like, I have 50. Can you just, you know, like it's all social media is such a perfect representation of that. Like, look who I'm with. I mean, we've all talked about that. I feel like Delaney, you experienced that a lot as well when you were doing stand-up where there were a lot of people who wanted other people to see you were friends. And like Kelsey, you've said that too, like that there were people who kind of made you feel like, oh, you, you like looking like we're friends or you're friends with everybody or you're friends with people who are at a certain mm-hmm. level, et cetera. Right. right. Which is funny because I've never been like well-known. <laughs> I mean, I've never had like a shit ton of social media followers where people are like, Ooh, got to get in a picture with her so I can get tagged. But <laughs> even at the, you know, the level I've, I've been at, yes, I've experienced that a little bit. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's a kind of jarring because I'm like, these, these numbers don't like mean anything significant. Yes. They're a great tool, but like, you know, <laughs> you can still be right. an asshole and have a million followers. <laughs> it doesn't mean like, I think people really put a lot of their worth into the followers on social media. And I think it's fucking a lot of kids up and yeah. I get concerned for all my siblings. They're, uh, 18, 17, 13, 14. They're all teenagers growing up with social media. And it's a little weird to like, you know, see their stuff and see the comments from other kids and just oh, they're growing. Yeah. They are raised with this type of thing as being part of their day to day. And um, I just hope that their, you know, self-esteem remains intact and they can stay grounded with this being part of like their culture, you know? Yeah. Cause right. we're adults. We got this stuff as adults. Yeah. And we're still like, Oh, that bums me out. Like, I've been trying to really think about why I want to post something, no matter what it is, because I've noticed that sometimes I only post things because I'm sad and I want feedback. Right. Mm. And that's okay. Sometimes there's sometimes where I'm like, yeah, fuck it. I'm sad. I, I would like to feel better. But <laughs> likes. That's fine. It's fine. But if you're doing that all the time and that's becoming a habit for you, you don't want that to become this like, you know, little little water spigot in your in your hamster cage oh you know what they said (laughs) yeah in 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 documentary like if you're if you are sad and you're doing it and you feel emptier after you do it then that might be an issue you know what Mm -hmm. i mean it's like if it helps and it's like oh that actually boosted my day or whatever all right 
there's probably an argument to keep doing that a little bit. But if you find that you are doing it and then it's just, it doesn't, not only does not help, but it makes you feel worse, then right. it might be time to kind of look at other, you know, other methods and stuff. And this stat was surprising. Um, according to the Royal Society of Public Health, social media has been described as more addictive than cigarettes and alcohol. Because oh. <laughs> no one said that, like, right. my job is to get drunk. Right. That is my job. Right. Right. Damn. Except for what? Drunk history guy. Right. Oh, that's true. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And uh, smartphone users have an average of 7.4 social media apps on their phones. How many do you guys have on your phones? I mean, so many. And like, define really? social media app. Sure. Because yeah. I, also, I sure. bought the Face App Pro last night to see what I'd look like with bangs. Like, <laughs> no. Maybe, like how you connect with people. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, email. Yeah. Uh, Pinterest, you know, Does email count. Email, I think, should probably count. I'm looking at my screen right now to see one, two, three, four. I have oh, Christ. I mean, probably ten. Really? really? Well, again, I guess it's like d define that. But what um, are they? Uh, if you feel comfortable, Facebook. Sharing. Um, would you count something like, um, like a photo app, uh, not like taking photos, but like things with fun filters as I think just media? like anybody, like if you sign in, people have access to you. So I don't know. We oh. could, we could not we could not count that if that's easier. Like for me, I have email, Instagram, and I also use Voxer to connect with my operations manager. And those are my social media apps I would say yeah yeah I have email uh does postmates count no I'm joking <laughs> <laughs> are they your friends Taylor <laughs> I, I have I have email YouTube um which I think technically counts uh Instagram Twitter TikTok Facebook so six I believe okay okay so yeah I also turned on my screen time thing on my phone and that was a mistake that's always a mistake <laughs> always cracker ouch always a mistake oh boy um <sighs> oh wow uh people upload five million images every day on instagram holy shit and more than 500 million tweets are sent out every day that's so that's amazing. nuts Holy uh, shit. People spend about 15 minutes every day on YouTube. That seems low. That, that seems, seems very low. low. Yeah. I don't agree with that one. They're just averaging out how much time I spend on YouTube versus how much time like my mom spends on YouTube. Yeah, and yeah. then they get to 15 <laughs> minutes. Well, I was going to say, I don't watch YouTube, but Cam will show me his TikTok stuff. So oh. I don't, I don't sign into YouTube. So maybe, yeah, maybe they're Counting for people like me, perhaps. Right. Yeah, yeah. But you do see some stuff. The average person in the United States spends almost a fourth of their work day on social media. This is for non-work-related <laughs> activities. Dang. Yikes. <laughs> Yikes, bro. That's what, two hours of, of their work day? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who lives anymore. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Oh, uh, no. <laughs> uh, I love I love some of the tips though that all these people gave at the end of the documentary, um, all the different tech people. Would you like me to rattle some off for for our listeners? 
Yeah. Um, so they recommend turning off notifications. You don't need to be notified about every little thing. Um, uninstall the uninstall the apps that you don't use, which um, you know very helpful. Yeah, I've I've taken off notifications. Oh. There's also something on Facebook, even though I don't have it anymore. This is what I used before leaving. It's called like Newsfeed Eradicator or something. And you can install it on Facebook. And when you sign in, there is no newsfeed. So you have to just sign in, post your shit and bye-bye. Or you can like message people, but you don't wow. even see anything. So that's another one if you guys are Facebook. I mean, people. I don't know if I'm still scrolling through Facebook. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean. Everybody's <laughs> every okay. dungeon. Um, I logged I logged onto Facebook last week to promote my shows in Portland, and the first notification said "human hair for sale near you in Los Angeles." I was like, "Ah, good to see that the dungeon yep. of the internet is oh. still thriving." <laughs> God, and I know people like use it to make wigs, but it just just in written form, "human hair for sale." I was like. This is very on brand for Facebook. Oh my gosh, that is funny. Oh, one of the guys recommended Quant instead of Google. Never heard of it. But apparently there's something called Quant and they don't store your search history so they can't like pop up and show you shit. Um, fascinating. Um, they, all, oh, they also recommend always choose your next video. So if you're watching YouTube and they're like, oh, YouTube's recommended all these things, don't pick on, don't, don't select the recommended stuff. Just go and search for the next thing because I guess that feeds the algorithm or something like that. Um, and before you share any information preventing the fake news stuff, just fact check, do the extra, do the extra Google check the source. Um, keep in mind that you are voting with your clicks. So if you're clicking on clickbaity things and stuff like that, you will see more of those things. Um, and they recommend following people that you disagree with as well, like following a well-rounded like information. So you're not just getting one side of everything, get you all, you know, angered up. Um, and this is one is for specifically families. They say this is justified by the research when it's, when you're talking about your kids and teens and stuff, they recommend um, for everybody really no devices in the bedroom at a certain time. So if 8 PM is your time, leave the bedrooms out, get a regular old fashioned alarm clock if you have to. And, um, one of the, one of the guys recommends no social media until high school. He recommends age 16 and work out a budget with your kid, like have them be part of the conversation. So if you ask, Hey, how much time do you think you should spend on social media every day? Let's talk about it. And let's talk about the time that would happen. So they feel included and not, you know, that you're they just have no say in the situation. And they mentioned that kids are usually yeah. pretty reasonable. They don't want to be spending their whole day on there. So some yeah. good tips, I felt. Good takeaways. Oh, yeah. Um, well, we have an iTunes review of the episode. This is from Maya Papaya. She says, love this. I started listening to this podcast during the pandemic, and it has helped me feel so much less isolated. I feel like I have three new friends and have told all of my real life friends about this podcast. Take care of yourselves and please keep posting episodes. Oh, thank you so much. Very nice. Very, very kind so of you. Of thank you. Please go leave us an iTunes review if you haven't yet. Yes. Um, thank you guys so much for, uh, for tuning in and uh, go check out The Social Dilemma on Netflix. Send us messages on the Self Helpless Podcast Instagram account. Let us know what you think. Yes. Cool. All right. We're about Love to record you. another episode. We'll talk to you guys next week. Bye. Bye.
Thank you guys so much for listening to Self Helpless. We really appreciate it and would love anything you can do to help the show grow and get the word out. So if you could leave us a five-star rating and review on iTunes, that helps us move up the iTunes charts. If you can tell a friend, a coworker, a family member, anybody that you think would love the podcast, you can also screenshot an episode and share it in your Instagram, in your Instagram stories, anything helps. Also, if you want more of the show, if you want bonus episodes, if you want to be able to be more interactive and help choose podcast topics, you can go to patreon.com slash self-helpless and join there. You guys can follow me on Instagram at Kelsey Cook Comedy, on Twitter at Kelsey Cook. You can go to my website, KelseyCook.com, which has links to my online makeup course. You can listen to my album, Savor It, on Spotify and iTunes, and you can watch my foosball web series on YouTube called Wrists of Fury. How about you guys? Where can people find you? You can follow me at Taylor Tomlinson on Instagram and Twitter. My website is ttomcomedy.com. And you can watch my one hour special streaming on Netflix right now called Quarter Life Crisis. Awesome. And you can find me at delaneyfisher.com. That's where you'll find information about my one-to-one consulting and my online courses. So basically, if you're a business owner, podcaster, or comedian, uh, and you're looking to either start those things or grow those things, you can reach out to me for more information. I also have an email list at delaneyfisher.com where I share my favorite tools, tips, treats, and free shit. And then we just want to say a big special thank you to our wonderful editor, Emma Erdbrink and our fantastic associate producer, Humaira Nawaz. And you can find everything that we all just mentioned at selfhelplesspodcast.com. <laughs>